0: The reading is taken from Acts chapter 1, verses 15 to 17, and 21 to to the end. This can be found on page 1092 of the Pew Bible. In those days, Peter stood among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas who served as guide for those who have rested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. Chapter 21 to the end. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John the Baptist to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must be a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Uh, The Gospel is from John seventeen verses six to nineteen, and it can be found on page one zero eight five. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you had given me comes from you. For I give them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them. By the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one, as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more that I am of the world my prayer is that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one they are not of the world even as I am not of it sanctify them by the truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world i have sent them into the world for them i sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified this is the gospel of the lord okay. So,
2: loving God, we thank you for these stories given to us um, in the scriptures, uh, that they reveal something more of your character, of your love for us, and uh, of the path that you give us to walk. So, may our hearts and minds be open to you uh, and to your calling this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. 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 Please do be seated. I'll move it back, Pam. I promise. <laughs> so today, um, as Pam was saying, we're in the season between um, uh, season of Easter, between Ascension and Pentecost. It's a time of waiting, um, and I, I'm going to say a prayer um, that's part of the novena um, of Thy Kingdom Come. As Pam was saying, our archbishops have been encouraging us to uh, to pray, to see this as a season of prayer. And um, I don't know about you, but sometimes prayer doesn't come easily to me. So it's quite nice to have an intentional uh, time where we can really commit and concentrate on this part of uh, the Christian life uh, to pray. And they're particularly asking us to pray um, for people who don't yet know that Jesus loves them. Um, with the kind of abundant love that we know Um, so I encourage you to pick up perhaps this novena of prayer it's at the back and there's a prayer each day there's a text each day Um, and um, there's also a prayer journal which is a bit more interactive so it really depends on what you like and and you can write people's names that you're praying for and that kind of thing um, but this is the novena of prayer, which I've been using, and we're going to talk a little bit today. Um, what comes up is um, uh, a little bit what it means for us to step out um, in faith and, um, and not to be overly protective of ourselves and our own lives. Um, so the text today in the novena was Peter denying Jesus, um, and so I'm going to pray now the prayer that comes with that. O God of the cock-crow and the bitter tears, may our hearts be truly broken by every denial of your long-suffering love for us, every rejection of each other, every cowardly and self-protective moment. With the morning, bring your mending so that dauntless, we may find ourselves able to walk the way of the cross again. Amen. Amen. so we pray for the mourning and the mending um, in our lives together with Christ. Um, So we have two texts this morning, and um, I encourage you particularly to look at the John one, which is on page 1085, John 17, because it's a little bit... Uh, You know, it's John, the the writer of John um, often writes these long and complicated sentences, but it might be helpful for you to look through it as we're talking. Um, And these two texts, I think, help us with perhaps our feelings around um, this particular uh, season, the season between Ascension and Pentecost. But before we go into that, I want to show you... um, a video. Um, It's of the Archbishop, and he's particularly talking about this um, uh, call to prayer, which he's inviting us to in this time.
3: There's a lot about this job that stops you getting too self-important. I remember being at some event, one of my colleagues heard someone in the crowd whisper, isn't that the Archbishop of Canterbury over there? And the person's friend hissed back, "Nah." Too short. When I meet Jesus Christ at the judgment, I know one thing. He isn't going to care what size of archbishop I was, or I think whether I was an archbishop. What matters is that I loved him and sought to follow him, and above all, that I trusted in him alone for my life and my future. Because the most important thing I've ever done is to become a follower of Jesus. I took my first steps with him about 42 years ago. Over those years, he's been a faithful friend, a sovereign Lord, compassionate, forgiving, my ever-present Saviour, everything in my life, the heart and foundation of all I am. Through the hardest and most painful times and in the best and most joyful times of my life, Jesus has walked alongside me. He's never left, even when I've wanted him to. When I felt ready to give up hope, he picked me up, and it's his love that has healed me and strengthened me. Following Jesus has been the core point of my life, and that's one reason I want everyone to hear his voice calling to them and to learn what it is to find his love, his call, his direction, his purpose. That's why I'm pledging to pray for more people to know the life-transforming love of Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm asking you, along with every Christian community around the world, to join me in pledging to pray as part of Thy Kingdom Come.
2: It's good that we have him, I think, as our Archbishop. You know, Jesus is at the core of all he is and all he does. And he says there, you know, that um, throughout all the, the times that have been difficult, Jesus has never left him, even in the moments when he's wanted him to. And I think that's important, too, to remember that sometimes the uh, intimacy of knowing Jesus can feel a bit too much. and uh, And we don't necessarily want that all the time. And in the season that we're in now, post-ascension, uh, we can make the mistake of thinking that that is a season when Jesus has left us. Um, it's not meant to be that. It's not meant to be a season where we feel that, that God has disappeared, although the immediate visible sign of that um, is Jesus' ascent into the clouds, and as they see his feet disappearing, perhaps they feel that. But there is a very real stream of thinking within the Christian faith, uh, which sees Jesus' ascension as making a very real and accessible opening between heaven and earth. That earth and heaven are now inextricably linked. They are coming together. And soon and very soon, the kingdom of God will be on earth as it is in heaven, thy kingdom come. That's why it's called this period of prayer, thy kingdom come, because that's what we want to see. Uh, They're encouraging us, the archbishops, um, to pray and to act for that to happen. But although the ascension of Jesus is not meant to be received as a disappearance, often it's felt like that. Uh, it feels like that as we read the stories, and perhaps sometimes it feels like that to us. And so Jesus prays to Father God um, in the presence of his disciples at the Last Supper in John 17 about this time that they are about to experience. So he's talking of all those things, uh, that yes, that he's going to die, but also that he's going to go, and they don't necessarily at that moment know that those two things are, are slightly different. And in praying for them, he asks Father God um, to protect them. And it's interesting because we often think about protection about making us safer. But actually, he doesn't pray for them to be protected so that they are safe. He asks for God to protect them so that they are one, that they are a unity, not a u- uniformity. As you look around, you might gather that we are not all uniform, and we thank God for that, um, but that we are a unity. One might even say, a community, a unity that shares things in common, a unity which is drawn together because of our love for Jesus. So Jesus prays then. For the things that we find ourselves saying about St. Michael's today. Thousands of years later. We talk about being a community of God's people. We're a common unity of God here in this place. And Jesus prayed that we would be protected in order for that to happen. But this protection, as I said, is not about being safe. It's simply we are protected to allow the kingdom of God to grow in us and through us for the good of the other potential common unity that we find ourselves in, that is the local context in which we are community. Because of our geography, we are wheelstone. So we're part of these two common unities, and the one is to bless the other. We are to be sent, it says, into this world, that one out there, our potential community. And I guess in the last week or so, perhaps we found this a particular challenge in Wealdstone. Two boys were shot. That happened in our community. What are we going to do with that? Pretend it couldn't happen to us? Panic, look at our neighbors with ever-narrowing eyes of suspicion, draw our lines of community a little bit more tightly in. The kind of community that Jesus talks about, the common unity of the people of God, drives us into the world. It is not supposed to protect us from it. It's a world that Jesus says hates. But the idea is that this hate is to be overcome with love. Not that we get into a combat with the world... But that the kingdom of God is to pop up in unexpected places and begin a very gentle, a very non-violent, but a very real and direct recovery of God's creation, which has too long been experiencing occupation. The answer, says Jesus, to the world and to its difficulties is not to batten down the hatches, but rather, as it says in verse 18, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. So we are one, we are unity, a common unity, a community of God's people here in Wealdstone and we are sent into the world, the local place where God has put us to love a world That hates. And also to be attentive to see where God is already at work in the world. Because believe it or not, we are not the first unity of God's people in our particular place. You may see love at work already, and you should do. I see a lot of love and goodness in the world around. But the challenge is that when something happens to us, like the shootings, or like something happening in our life which challenges our idea Um, of the goodness of God or challenges our idea of who we are um, in the particular place where God has put us. Perhaps our first instinct is to pull back whereas Jesus prays for us to be sent in. Now, as I've said, Jesus is particularly praying this in the context of the Last Supper and he's telling his disciples that he's off. They don't quite know what that means yet, but they are probably worried that they wouldn't be able to fulfill what Jesus was asking of them, especially when Jesus wasn't physically going to be with them anymore. And I think we can probably identify with them in that. We can feel sometimes that, you know, Jesus has left the building and we are left with the responsibility of carrying the show without the star attraction. In the other text this morning, the one from Acts, we hear about the disciples Uh, in this in-between time between the ascension and Pentecost and we hear a very interesting story they decide in their wisdom that they will appoint a new apostle because Judas is gone and they need to fill his space they feel I wonder why they did that I wonder why they did that. It's a story which actually doesn't get a lot of interpretation. It's just there. um, And we take it in. But perhaps the empty space that Judas left was a bit uncomfortable. Best to fill it quickly. Perhaps they wanted to return to what they knew, be the twelve again perhaps that would alleviate their discomfort and anxiety as i've said it doesn't get a lot of interpretation apart from the fact that immediately after this comes the story of the spirit descending at pentecost i wonder what would have happened if they'd waited one wonders whether they did act out of their anxiety and their discomfort rather than waiting with their anxiety and their discomfort to see what God was going to do and where God was going to send them. When we feel in this in-between space, when we feel, even though we know that God is always with us, but when we feel that God is absent, what do we do with that anxiety? How do we react? How do we sit with our discomfort long enough Because it's uncomfortable, funnily enough, to sit with our discomfort. We don't want to do it. We want to do something which will alleviate the feelings of anxiety and discomfort. But how do we sit with it long enough to work out what it's about? Perhaps if the apostles had waited, they might have begun to think about their grief that Judas did what Judas did and had died. Rather, they wanted to fill the void, perhaps so they didn't have to think about it. Perhaps there's something in this global call to prayer that the archbishops are offering us in the waiting time. Certainly, I think the apostles would have thought differently once the spirit descended. And I think they would have thought even more differently once Paul appeared on the scene. The apostle whom God appointed. A rather different choice. So although we are living, of course we are, In this time post that first Pentecost. We know the spirit of God is always with us. But we know that there can be times. Even given all of that. That we feel that God is absent. So perhaps these stories this morning. Can help us. To exist in that moment. To have a sense of what we do in those times of anxiety and discomfort. So we learn that the ascension is about a closer connection between heaven and earth, not a weaker one. We remember that we are protected to be a unity A common unity of God's people together. Not to be safe, but to be sent out into a world that might not get us, but does need us. And that perhaps we can be more conscious of our own anxiety and discomfort. About when our anxiety is driving us our desire to fill the space rather than wait for God's spirit. And so, as we wait these next few days for the celebration of that first Pentecost, I invite you to ponder these things, to pray, to pray with a renewed sense of call to wait for God, to pray for those um, who need to know the transforming love of Jesus. And in doing so, may you receive the joy that Jesus promises. And in that, may you find completeness. Amen.